Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello and welcome to episode 91 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. Michaela, we have been out. We have seen a lot of movies uh, recently. The last couple of weeks we've been out to the movie theater, but we are going back to one of my favorites and an all-time classic this week. Uh, but what else have you been getting up to? There's a lot going on in the world. Uh, you brought us back a fancy cocktail from the uh, the high altitude of Colorado in the lobby bar earlier this week, but, but what else has been going on? <laughs> well, I'm finishing, I'm behind you on a bunch of things. So I just finished under the banner of heaven series. Mm. I'm almost uh, completely through reseverance. Um, and I, I gotta say you were correct. Those are both of them are chilling and terrifying mm -hmm. in their own ways. Uh, the symbolism in severance is I, I cannot express how Every scene almost has this layered symbolism, which is really special. Um, <laughs> which and is really also, unsettling. Really unsettling. Really, totally. Like, what am I doing with my life? Um, very, very much so. Uh, but um, I had, I have uh, started the final season. I think it's the final season of Animal Kingdom, which oh, okay. uh, was on TNT for a long time. I'm not sure who's who's where it sits now. Um, because of course I, I think this is the final season and it I don't know how long it's been out but I loved the original a uh, couple of seasons of Animal Kingdom it starred Ellen Barkin and um, a bunch of other folks and so I'm really excited to see its conclusion uh, mm -hmm. so um, if you're into that it's out now uh, everyone it took like three years for the last season to come out I think because of COVID and stuff so that's been yeah, exciting okay. what about yeah. you have you seen anything great yeah, well, other than, you know, uh, catching up and, you know, getting way ahead of you on those TV shows, I've not been uh, doing too, too much. You know, we've just been kind of kind of kicking along, enjoying the last days of summer. But there is a new release coming out uh, to everyone's TV screens. HBO haven't had a chance to watch the premiere. It was just last night as of recording. But that is Game of Thrones. House of Dragon came out. Um, all of the reviews I've seen about it have been uh pretty positive uh which is really good considering the last reviews for the last game of thrones thing we got were overwhelmingly negative uh incorrectly in my opinion but that's how it was but very excited about house of dragon looks great uh very interested in kind of this story and getting back into the world of westeros that sounds good yeah yeah absolutely now we uh we obviously haven't seen it yet either because it's i think it's doing this thing and i i wish it wouldn't uh hbo uh if you're listening to us uh do something else because they end up like making it go live at like 9 p.m eastern mm -hmm. or 9 p.m central time and so that for is us, bedtime that is bedtime. exactly for us people that are over the age of 23 um we go to bed at a normal time now and the normal time is getting earlier and earlier um so uh bear that in mind folks i mean you know we're the ones who actually spent the last the, the 10 years uh watching the whole first uh series you should you should do what we want and have this thing like be streamable at noon you know what i mean that, that's right put it put it put it on noon. i mean it's fine for our, our west coast listeners because you know it's, it's coming on there at like 6 p.m so that's better let's do 6 p.m on the east coast um that way we can watch it we won't have to wait until monday nights to watch it so uh yeah very ex very excited about that and yeah we're gonna have to get into the tv 
series. We've got that. We've got Lord of the Rings coming. We've got the Cassian Andor series on Star Wars. How are they going to have all these series coming out right at the same time? All of the Oscar movies are going to start coming out. Michaela, we are going to lose our minds trying to get through the rest of this year. But you know what's not going to make us lose our mind is having a good drink and talking about a great film. So why don't we take a quick break and we will be right back to whip up this week's cocktail uh, inspired by a very spooky uh, villain from Hollywood history. So this week's cocktail, I have to apologize uh, publicly to Brian. Yes, this this word for anybody who doesn't already know, we are covering one of Brian's favorite movies of all time today. Mm -hmm. We're Mm -hmm. covering Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Yes, really amazing film. We're going to get really into it a little bit later and it's going to be amazing. However, what is not amazing is uh, (laughs) Brian's uh, eternal hatred for coconut and so of course i scoured the internet and i was looking for a really cool drink to make Mm. Mm -hmm. and um the one that i found is amazing it it, i mean it it looks amazing it's from dan vargas youtube uh has a page uh for cocktails and it's called liquid metal and it looks really Mm -hmm. cool but it is basically 100% coconut or a derivative thereof. <laughs> and I am so sorry, Brian. <laughs> it, it, is, uh, it, is a lot of, it is a lot of coconut. Yeah, if you know anything about me and my uh, cocktail proclivities uh, is that A, I don't really like to do shots. And B, I don't really like coconut flavored things. Uh, so we're having a coconut flavored shot today, uh, but it does look really great. Um, so we're going, to, we're going to take this in the direction of, you know, we're, we're going with technique over, over taste here on this one. Uh, because right. it, does, it does look awesome. It looks exactly like our T1000 Advanced Prototype Mimetic Poly Alloy, a.k.a. Liquid Metal. And that is what we were whipping up and putting into the glass. Uh, so this comes together uh, pretty simple. Um, if, you are, if you happen to be a fan of coconut oil and you already have that on hand, you can probably uh, get most of the way there. Uh, but you are going to need some, uh, some special silver metallic food color. Now, if you went on the ride to talk about Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, you might already have silver metallic uh, food coloring because Michaela did for making that drink. And that's what we need to get this one looking all sparkly and uh, delicious looking. That's right. That's right. So you, uh, the food color can come in a variety of mediums. Um, So Mm -hmm. I've seen it as a liquid that you can put droplets in or like mine was like a glittery sort of powder substance. Um, So what we used because we weren't together uh, when mm-hmm. we both made these drinks. Brian actually made this on his own. In, I, refi- in... I refused to go see Michaela while I was having this drink is, yeah. is what happened, really, I think. He's so mad. He's so mad at me. So um, you can do either one because Brian actually was able to find the liquid. I was able mm-hmm. to find the powder. And either way, it's going to come out and it's going to look really cool. How yep. This is how you are going to do it. You are going to take one and a half ounces of a coconut rum doesn't matter the brand because it's coconut rum. Then you're going to add half an ounce of regular rum. I used Bacardi because that's what I've had in my credenza for, you know, 15 years. Um, (laughs) And the the rum credenza. Yeah. 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 Wilbur, where are you to drink all my rum? Anyway, then you're going to add three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup. For anybody who's new to the podcast, welcome. Uh, Simple syrup is really simple, and it is just a mixture, equal parts water and sugar, and you can either microwave it or heat it in uh, over a burning flame, and Mm -hmm. as soon as it melts, the sugar melts into the water, it's ready to go. So three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup, and then you're going to use a 
full teaspoon of coconut oil. Now, if you've never used coconut oil before, it looks like a very thick butter almost. It it's like not Crisco. an oil. It looks yeah. it looks like Crisco. Like well. it lard. Like. It really it has a lard look to it, but it doesn't. Do they even still have Crisco? They do. Okay. Absolutely. They absolutely. I know. Do. I know. Like my grandmother had like a giant can of Crisco, but like it's not something that you still use. Uh, like I've never. I don't think I've ever used Crisco myself. Oh, I use it all the time. I digress. Perhaps. I digress. That, anyways, what... so, so yeah, not Crisco. Coconut oil, although mm, it probably would taste really gross with with Crisco. Not that it tastes much better to you with coconut oil, but anyway. But so you're gonna use a tablespoon of coconut oil. You're gonna put all of this in a shaker. It sounds kind of strange. You're going to add some ice to it and you're going to shake it like for 30 seconds. Do not fudge this part. You really need to shake it because and give it a really good shake because that coconut oil has got to break up and kind of emulsify with the rest of the liquor. Now, mm -hmm. what you can do before or after you shake it for 30 seconds is add your food coloring. Now, it's silver metallic food coloring. You can either add, as we've said, you, know, you want a couple of drops if you've got the liquid. You want like a quarter of a teaspoon if you've got the powder. It really kind of, it's a choose your own adventure, however much you want, but yeah. you got to shake it up and then you're going to double strain it into your shot glass. And then you're going to look at it and be like, it's so pretty. That's that's right. You're going to you're going to look at it. You're going to say that looks amazing. That looks just like that looks just like the T1000 uh, Robert Patrick himself. Um, but <laughs> then you're then you're going to close your eyes. You're going to drink it, and you're like, ah, oh, this tastes like coconut. At least that's what I did uh, when I did mine. But it does it does look very cool, uh, very cool um, indeed. Um, so basically, it, I mean, it's it's just a, a shot of coconut rum basically. But you're putting that coconut oil in to give the uh, food coloring something to kind of grab a hold of a little bit and kind of striate through there, and it's pretty cool. Like Michaela said, she used. A powdered one which was more glittery um i used the liquid one which is a little bit more uh kind of like kind of like shimmery like satiny looking um mm -hmm. in mine um so they both looked pretty cool and you could probably play around with that um but what i wanted to do michaela is because you know as we've just beaten to death i don't like coconut flavored things coconut rum especially so i'm like i wonder if you could do kind of the same thing you know with with other stuff right if you didn't want to didn't if you don't like coconut could you do something else so i was like maybe i'll try making like a little margarita shot um because that's going to be that's going to be some silver tequila that's going to be a little bit of lime juice and that's going to be some agave syrup and i was like that might have enough body and stuff for the silver to kind of grab a hold of and you know get the same kind of effect so we'll yeah. have a, a picture of that one too it's it's a little it's a little creamier looking almost i think with the with the agave in there but but still pretty cool and a much more palatable shot for myself plus when we go see enrique to get all of our guns uh he's gonna bust out the uh, pitcher of tequila and that's what you really need when you're watching that's, terminator 2 that's what you need when you're looking at the end of the world yeah, that's right <laughs> and it's, yeah yeah for sure you want you want to be drinking tequila not not this this rum coconut concoction that <laughs> looks looks good but brian didn't love so that's, uh that's, that's right. fair that is fair let's uh we're gonna so we're gonna bring we're gonna bring all the coconut haters we're gonna bring them a variant that is probably better tasting and probably looks just as good i will say that mine because it was very shimmery um and glittery it it was it was fair it was fancier looking i mm. definitely think that yours looked a lot more like the actual liquid metal kind of from the movie itself mm -hmm. they both mm -hmm. look cool but i definitely think that that i preferred that so 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, go over to the website. You can have a look at uh, the way both of those came out and let us know if you have any good ideas for little shots that we could add some uh, silver metallic, uh, you know, food coloring to and get another Terminator shot because, you know, who who doesn't want to do that? And there's a lot of shots taking place in this week's film. So why don't we uh, we're going to we're going to down the hatch with coconut rum. No more coconut rum. I'm, I'm cutting myself off from it. And then we're going to take a quick break and be right back to talk about this week's film, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Spoiler warning for Terminator 2 Judgment Day. If you've not yet seen this, we're going to talk all about this 1991 classic by James Cameron. So you should press pause now and you should go make yourself a shot of coconut rum flavored goodness mixed with some liquid metal. And then we can come back and chat about it. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And you should have seen this because like Michaela said, it was released in 1991. It was directed by James Cameron, and it brings us back together with Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator himself. Linda Hamilton is back as Sarah Connor, and it introduces us to Edward Furlong as John Connor. And also pretty important here, the T-1000, the bad Terminator played by Robert Patrick. Uh, pretty awesome. Uh, pretty awesome stuff. So Michaela, Terminator 2. This is the follow-up, obviously, right in the name, Terminator 2. Follow-up to the original Terminator, which came out in 1984. Uh, pretty, pretty beloved now. Um, more of a more of a cult classic kind of a kind of a film now at this point, but it's, it sets the stage for uh what we're getting in Terminator 2. Um, you know, James Cameron uh did the Terminator, it was one of his early films, um, and then came came back as uh James Cameron does and really just wanted to push the uh technological bounds um as he was doing, um, you know, short on the heels of the abyss and uh not too long before we got into things like uh uh, Titanic uh, from James Cameron, but wanted to come back to this world and tell the story of the Terminator. That's right. Yeah. James Cameron really does love sequels, right? He's got like 35 avatars planned. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Now at the time of this recording, we know that a second one is coming out in December of 2022, or at least that's when it's supposed to. Hopefully we will not have uh, another plague or something before then, because it's been trying to come out for three years now or something. We'll still have this one. We'll still have this. One. We'll still have this plague, but you know, maybe not another one. So uh, he loves, he seems to love, uh, going in and doing sequels. It, you know, he did Aliens. Now he didn't do Alien. That was Ridley Scott, but he did Aliens, which was mm -hmm. hugely successful. Everybody really loved Aliens. This is his second sequel, um, which is Terminator 2. And so, uh, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about this, though, because so few times a sequel outdoes the first one. A lot of people, um, one of the reasons why Maverick uh, is mm -hmm. Top Gun Maverick has done so well is because people are saying it's it's almost better than the first one. Mm -hmm. And but few people are saying, oh, it's absolutely better than the first one. So I, I think it's interesting because we're not covering the first one <laughs> because this is by far a better film in a lot of respects. That's right. Yeah, you uh, you bring up a good point. And Terminator 2 um, is pretty widely held as one of the, if not the best sequels of all time. Um, uh, people will also say the same about Empire Strikes Back as being one of the best sequels of all time. Um, people will say The Godfather Part 2 is the best sequel of all time, and they'll say that Terminator 2 A Judgment Day is the best sequel of all time. Uh, but I argue, Michaela, The Empire Strikes Back 
was the follow-up to Star Wars, A New Hope, which was nominated for Best Picture. Godfather Part 2 was a follow-up to Godfather, which won Best Picture. Terminator 2 was a follow-up to The Terminator. Uh, definitely not the Best Picture. Um, not not a terrible movie by any by any stretch. A really good science fiction movie, but but like this is is just leaps and bounds above that first one. Right, right. Yeah. So if you if you hadn't seen Terminator 2 Judgment Day, because we've got uh we got, I mean, this is 31 years old now this film right so if you haven't seen it and you wanted to know hey do i need to see terminator one in order to enjoy terminator two judgment day the answer to that i think is probably not you could probably watch this in and of itself Mm -hmm. um we're gonna we're gonna also probably spoiler alert we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna ruin terminator one so if you if you've also not seen terminator one sorry uh press pause uh i don't have a cocktail go 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 do a shot of tequila because you'll need it to get through most of that movie. Um, but come back and we can talk about it. So here, here's here's the point for Terminator 1. There was a Terminator. It looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Basically, it's the cyborg thing. It mm-hmm, mm-hmm. looks human, but it's really only skin deep. Okay. It, underneath the skin that actually bleeds a little bit, um, there's this robot and it is a killing machine. And it has come back to 1984 because it wants to uh, retroactively terminate the life of a child or a person that grows up to be a huge freedom fighter in this big world epic cyborg war with humans. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, now, (laughs) right? (laughs) So so apparently... That's and, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it comes it it comes back to uh, basically kill Sarah Connor before she can give birth to John Connor, who's going to read to lead the resistance against the machines um, in the war in the year 2029. Um, and I think that James Cameron does a really, really good job of telling you everything you need to know from the first Terminator. Um, and there's some pretty kind of neat strategic ways that he does. So obviously you get dialogue from the Terminator, you get dialogue from Sarah Connor and kind of um kind of her story as she's in like this uh this mental um institution uh kind of thing. You get stuff there, you get stuff from like the police officers like showing like stock photos from the first movie that basically like lay it out. So do you have to see the first Terminator? Um, I think you probably should, and then you can watch Terminator Two like ten thousand times, which is uh, how I absorb my Terminator uh, Two story. But but you don't you don't really need to see it. I think he does a, a really good job of of laying out the world and and the things, and I think that's what makes this kind of sequel so good and so powerful. Is it doesn't like it it relies on where the story was leading up to it, but it doesn't rely on the fact that you saw this film from seven years prior. Yeah, exactly. And there's only a couple of things that I think could make the the plot a little bit smoother. One of the reasons why we actually decided to drop this episode during this week was Judgment Day is mm-hmm. August 29th, right? So it was August 29th, 1997. Spoiler alert, it didn't actually happen. We're all still here. Thank goodness for that, because um, that would have been a real bad day. But that is the day that in Los Angeles, there there's that's when the war kind of begins and a bunch Mm -hmm. i mean three she says three billion people just die like in a matter of seconds and so you know that this happens before that you think it happens around 1994 and 1995 but it's a little unclear because the movie came out in 1991 so you just got to get your head kind of wrapped around that and let that go in order to enjoy it because john is has been born um and he is really young. He's supposed to be like 10 years old at this point. 
-hmm. and he's played by the amazing Edward Furlong could not have been a better cast member um, in this uh, this kind of trajected him through stardom and he did some other really great films um, as a very young actor, but he plays John Connor. His mom is the amazing Linda Hamilton. She has reprised her role from the earlier Terminator as Sarah Connor. And she's had a really rough decade, right? As you would. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, she has had a very rough decade. So um, why don't we let's let's get into uh, the story here um, a little bit. So the film opens up. It is the year 2029. We are full blown into our war with the machines. Um, it's it's really pretty epic. Um, it actually is not very uh, much of the movie, uh, just a couple of minutes. But it's this huge like war set piece. It looks awesome. You have the Terminators walking around and then we go into uh the most fantastic of title themes of all time. It is Brad Fiedel's uh, Terminator theme, uh, which comes on, you go through, you go through the cast, and then we are introduced to our characters. So we have coming back from the future, we have uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger himself is the Terminator. Uh, he comes back when you travel through time, no clothes, no clothes required, uh, but you do make a little like ball shaped uh, kind of like hole thing in the ground uh, when you come back um, as you do. And he comes right back to like some truck stop, dive bar sort of thing. And what do you need if you're a Terminator and you're naked from the future? Uh, you need some boots, uh, you need some clothes, and you need a motorcycle. So you go into the bar and you get it. Yeah, you do. And I just got to say, um, I thought this was amazing. They do this in the first film too, but not nearly as well as they do it in this scene. What I love about it is they show what the Terminator is seeing, and it's all in kind of this red... Um, yeah, it's like Night a vision. POV kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, and you can see everything he looks at. Uh, it immediately starts giving you information. So as he's walking up to the bike biker gang bar, um, he sees all of these bikes, all these motorcycles, and they all telling that you know all this information is popping up on the screen, saying you know what year it made, what's made, who, what, how big is it, what you know, mm -hmm. all of these part like all the part numbers that made the actual machine. And then he goes into the dive bar and he's looking at every person and the, the, whatever his CP, CPU in his brain is like sizing up all of these people, figuring out what they're wearing and if they're a right fit for him. And of course there is one guy in the bar. It is his unlucky day uh, to be the exact <laughs> yes. same size <laughs> as Arnold Schwarzenegger and Arnold Schwarzenegger's character. Um, we, the Terminator, uh, the good Terminator it says, I need your clothes. I need your keys. I want your bike. And he's like, absolutely not. And that doesn't go down well for him. Uh, he doesn't kill him, but uh, he has some, he throws him into the kitchen. He like lands on a stove. You know, he, he does the thing where, you know, he touches the stove and he's like trying to push himself up and he burns his hands. And finally he's like, take the keys, take everything. I'm fine. Just take yeah. it away. Yeah, that's right. The, uh, the guy tries to uh, put his cigar out on uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's chest there. Uh, to, it doesn't uh, garner any sort of response. And at that point you say, oh no, uh, this is, I'm in for a bad time. So yeah, he gets his, he gets his clothes. Uh, he gets his motorcycle. Um, and he goes out to leave. Um, it's playing uh, bad to the bone. It's pretty awesome. Arnold Schwarzenegger looks uh, incredible. So iconic, like in this like leather, like biker uh, sort of get up that he's wearing. A uh, guy comes out with the little like sawed off shotgun. He goes and takes that and his sunglasses and he is off uh, to go find the the target, the 
a kid. He's meant to protect John Connor. Uh, but bad news, someone else from the future is also here. Uh, that is Robert Patrick. He is playing the bad Terminator, the T-1000, uh, made out of this new liquid metal. I don't know if any of his parts included coconut rum uh, or not, but he's a pretty scary guy. Again, comes back from the future naked. Uh, there leaves like a hole in the ground and on the fence. Police officer uh, having having a bad day, having a bad day because he stops to investigate this thing. Uh, you know, our T one thousand comes up, stabs him, uh, takes his uniform, and uh, you know we're getting our we're getting our first inkling that this Terminator is nothing but trouble because uh, he can mimic people. Michaela, that seems bad. That, that seems bad. Yeah, that that's not a good look. I mean, it's a great look uh, for him because he now has unmitigated access to all of these things. Right? He can. Um, look like anybody and the cool the most terrifying and cool thing about this t-1000 is like now his hands can become knives and like spears mm -hmm. now he mm -hmm. can't throw his himself right he's got to maintain his integrity as a as a liquid metal thing but now he he like is weapons he's just a he's just everything about him is a giant weapon to be used to kill things now they're both mm -hmm. both Terminators, the good and the bad, are given files on where to go find um, John Connor. Now John Connor is ten years old, as we've talked about. His poor mm -hmm. mom has had mm -hmm. a really rough decade, right? She, right. as you would if you were told the secret uh, to the world was that it was going to pretty much end uh, in you know ten years or so. Uh, you know you would do your best to prepare for that day. So that was a few years of what she did, um, but then. Uh, she got in trouble with the law, uh, telling everybody she could about, you know, what was what what was happening and these people from the future. That sounds like someone has serious mental issues. So, of course, they lock her away in an asylum, which leaves poor John to be a victim of the you know, orphanage uh, and kind of child protective services. So he has foster parents that don't really seem to be super enjoying uh being foster parents to him or maybe to anybody else they're real grumpy um nah. and, <laughs> and but that's where they find him right he's there he's he's sitting there and he's a real smart kid and this is where um we really start to get into how who john is and what he's about that's right yeah absolutely so um yeah as michael was saying there so John is under the foster care of Todd and Janelle. Uh, he seems like a troubled youth. He's there on his dirt bike. He is hanging out uh, with his friend, who's the same kid that was the friend in Big. Um, and they're off uh, to the races. They're playing like some sweet like Guns N' Roses on this little like boombox thing as they they tear off out of there on the dirt bike. Um, he stops. He like hacks into this ATM. And his friend asks him, he says, he says, hey, John, where did you learn how to do this? And he said, oh, my mom taught me how to do this. And, you know, his friend's like, oh, your mom sounds pretty cool. And John says, no, dude, she's a total psychopath because uh, she is at the uh, she's at the insane asylum uh, people there because people are like, what are you talking about? End of the world. You are making this up. Some guy from the future came back um, and you uh, <laughs> you and him got together and had your son and then he died. You're you're making stuff up. And we go yeah. check in with Sarah Connor. And, you know, we know because we watched the first Terminator that Sarah Connor is completely, completely legit. But. You know, if you look at it from the standpoint of these doctors, you're like, yeah, she she does sound a little bit crazy. Um, yeah. And this is one of my favorite kind of sections of the movie is kind of the time we're spending with Sarah Connor um, in this insane asylum uh, because Linda Hamilton is so awesome. And she just has like this like like simmering, like like rage, like it's kind of like a like a volcano. You're like she could like erupt. Uh, she could stab you in the knee with a pen, which is what she apparently did to the doctor. Um, it 
it's really great and it kind of it kind of sets up the framework for uh like i said telling the story of the original terminator uh but also setting it up you know that that uh sarah connor is someone not to be trifled with not to be messed with um and going to be a uh, pretty pretty important part in you know raising yeah. uh, john to be this uh, great military hero yeah i mean it's hard because she is so it's hard to to see um and to watch because there's a part where she has this recurring nightmare of judgment day and it is pretty awful and the way she's only talking about it at the beginning of the film where she's being interviewed by um dr silverman played Mm -hmm. by earl bowen he is in the first one as well he thought that she was just a very weak fragile fragile-minded young lady who's now, you know, uh, mm-hmm. really just in full-fledged, you know, free fall from in in psychosis, believing this stuff. But she's right. trying to talk to him and say, look, I, I know I, 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 I have these nightmares and I, I don't know why you keep asking me to tell you about it because it's so upsetting to her. Um, but she's also very smart and she's realized that, you know, she's never going to get out of there uh, out of this asylum trying to tell them these things meanwhile her son is do- is wherever she has no idea where he is or if he's being taken care of and she knows that it's just a matter of time before someone else comes for him or you know um he needs to be prepared he just needs to you know if judgment day happens she needs to make sure as a mom that he is prepared for all of these unknowns that and she doesn't know what's going to happen to her so she's terrified and it's easy to see as a parent now why she's doing these things but when you're younger i remember watching this when i was much closer to 10 than i was to my age now and Mm. i was like god she just i don't get it um but really now it's she's in full mama bear mode so she's trying to play the game with the doctors and say you know you know you're right i don't believe these things anymore it doesn't make sense and they're like well why why are you saying that now and she brings up a really interesting point where if she had killed this alien being this this computer there would have been evidence right and there was Mm -hmm. no evidence nothing ever became of this right they have you know they have no idea what happened to this big bulky guy that shot up you know 35 people in in this police station that happened in 1984 they have no idea uh, they have there's no evidence right and then of course this cuts over to this uh, these unknown people that we that we don't get to know who they are yet but they're mm-hmm. in like this really clean beautiful sleek like office building and everything's very mirrored and high tech and it looks really great it's very 1990 that's right yeah we are making our way over to the offices of cyberdyne securities and we are introduced to one scientist by the name of miles dyson uh he is there you don't know what they're up to uh, he seems like a friendly enough guy the people that are working there seem like friendly enough people but they open the vault door he goes in he pushes a little button the wall pops open and out comes this little tiny chip and this very scary looking hand um and you say oh apparently there was evidence uh sarah connor not telling lies uh just cyberdyne security's got it and uh bad news is miles dyson and cyberdyne are the ones that are going to basically uh reinvent the wheel but that wheel is going to come to life and kill us all so that's bad news that is bad news Um, it's not good but luckily Not we've got it we've got a we've got a terminator here that's on our side and he's going to protect us and the race is on to get to John the RT800 the good one the T1000 the bad one they're making their way to the arcade uh, which looks really fun it looks like a really fun arcade uh to go and intercept John and of course John's stuck in the middle of these two guys doesn't know what is going on for the life of him that's right well and he's 
like he's still a kid. So at first he's like, Hey, what's going on? And then he realizes they're they're They mean business. This, <laughs> the one that looks, so it's important. The T 1000, of course, looks like a cop. So of course, everyone's like, you know, listening to him, he's asking, he's in this arcade. He's asking where this, you know, where John is. And he's got this really nice voice. And, you know, uh, I, I can't say enough about how amazing Robert Patrick was in, was in this film because mm -hmm. he looks so kind half, half of the time when he's torturing people with his knife hands, he's so, he looks like he's just so debolical. It's awful. Awesome. But he's looking for him. Uh, you know, you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's got, you know, you know that he's got something in this in this this box of roses that he has that yep. he's like walking around the mall with trying to find John caught in the middle. Finally, uh, it gets down to the point where John's kind of in the middle, literally of this hallway between Arnold Schwarzenegger, Robert Patrick, the two two Terminators. He, you know, our, uh, the T-800 says get down and John gets down and they start guns a blazing and then we see liquid metal in action. That's right. Yeah, the T-1000 takes his uh, first shot from that shotgun. You see kind of, I don't know, it almost looks like a like a mushroom kind of thing like on his chest where it, it goes into him um, and then you'll see uh, bad news that uh, metal just uh, reforms back into Robert Patrick. So apparently you can shoot this guy. You can't kill him. That's bad. Uh, but the T-800, our good Terminator, gets John out of there. So they go. John makes his escape on his little dirt bike. Uh, Arnold is close behind on his motorcycle. Um, and Robert Patrick is even closer behind in a semi-truck that he steals. Um, you get this really great kind of chase scene through this uh, kind of... Uh, like a like a storm runoff ditch and in California I guess that that's what those are supposed to be um uh sort of thing and they go it's really really super awesome uh but we get kind of the the first little character bits here with with John and the Terminator and John's starting to figure this out he's like okay well, I figured out that you're not here to kill me uh who's that other guy why is he here to kill me and he's like he's like you sent me back here to protect you um and that's how I traveled through time and that's what we're going to do and John says that sounds great we should get out of town but first gonna go get mom that's right and it's so sweet actually because uh and again Edward Furlong I I he got a lot of credit for this but when his his face just completely changes because remember he was telling his friend who was I thought one of his really good friends, um, mm -hmm. and, you know, it looks like they were pretty tight. He's like, my mom's a total psycho. Like she's that none of this is real. But then of course, when the T-800 and him are talking, he's like, oh my gosh. So all of everything she said, <laughs> she did crap. all of these things just to protect me and build me up and make me this great world leader and all of these things. He's mm -hmm. like, well, we're going to go get her. And of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator is like, absolutely not. That is a negative. We are not doing that. And he's like, no, we're going to go get her. And then we realize that um, because old John from the future was the leader of this Terminator, he's instructed him to listen to young John. So young John mm. is like, you know, you ha I order you, we're going to go pick up my mom. And I also order you to not kill anybody. <laughs> and it's really kind of funny because you know full well that this is going to be one of the goriest films of like 1991 ever done, right? I mean, mm -hmm. 1984 was incredibly violent. And so he's, and so of course he's like, I promise I will not kill anyone. And it's, it's actually pretty funny, yeah, but they're going, they're going to the insane asylum. They're going to go get mom. 
that's right yeah they're going to go get mom uh the uh, the gentleman at the gate uh he's like you can't go in there and of course the uh, terminator shoots him in the knees and john's like hey i told you not to kill anyone and he just says yeah he'll live um uh which is which is pretty fun but they're in there uh to go get to go get sarah connor out of there um now sarah has her own ideas about getting out of there she's kind of planned her own uh prison break uh one of the guards totally assaults her it's it's very gross and very disturbing but she just has to kind of lay there and take it uh, oh. because because she needs to uh to spring herself out of there yeah it's it's my i love that this guy ends up getting it i have to say because he is gross oh, he, so he she, gets he gets the end of a broom handle upside his dome real hard yeah it's it's very satisfying to see that happen um she sarah knows uh because she's talked to the the because she's talked to Dr. Silverman, she says, look, mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense. And he's like, look, Sarah, I'm not stupid. Like you can, you, you, I don't believe really that you've done this about face in the, in a short six months. I really think that you need some more time here. I think you're just telling us what you want to hear to go see your son. Yeah. And, and, and the police came right with the pictures of Arnold Schwarzenegger because they're like, they're like, Hey, remember that guy you told us all existed. And we all said that you were full of crap. Uh, uh, here, here's this guy that looks remarkably like him. That was just at the mall uh, today. Do you have anything to say about that? And she's yeah, and- so awesome because she just sits there, doesn't say a word, doesn't blink, doesn't move her head. She's awesome. But what she does do is steal a paperclip. That's right. And, uh, he also they also say your son is missing. And so she's probably like literally going bananas in her brain right now, thinking that her son is like, you know, a cream sauce on a lawn somewhere. But she steals this uh little baby paperclip and uh she's laying like they got her in like strapped down in this bed, and that orderly like licks the side of her face just just and you don't know why i remember thinking the first time i saw this that he was just really testing to see if she was super catatonic Mm -hmm. and now that i see this as an adult i get a whole other chill because i'm like (laughs) they could do anything to her she's completely strapped down and who is she gonna tell that's gonna believe her um it's it's the absolute most disgusting but oh he's so vile and she and gets him in the end. It's so she, great. She does. So this won the Academy Award for sound effects editing. Um, and it could have been for any number of sound effects, but I think it's the sound effect of him licking her cheek because it sounds so gross. He's so gross. It's also gross. But yeah, she gets him in the end. So she she breaks out. She's in the middle of uh, breaking out uh, when her son and the our good Terminator come in. Uh, now, if you're Sarah Connor, you see the good Terminator and you instantly say, that's a bad Terminator. He tried to kill me seven years ago. That was bad. Didn't like the way that went down so she stops uh she freaks out she is backing away uh but john kind of comes up to her side and it's like mom mom it's okay it's okay it's okay and then arnold reaches his hand out and that famous of line says come with me if you want to live um so she uh you know is going to have to take his advice on it because t1000 is right behind you and he's walking through uh prison gates uh not good that's not what you want to see um and the best the best part about this is that stupid doctor who didn't believe her the whole time is just standing there with like this little like needle cover thing in his mouth and she's like oh oh crap she was telling the truth and all all these guys are right here in this hallway right in front of me right now um so i guess he should have gotten uh one in the uh the (laughs) face he did get his arm broken i guess that was kind of satisfying but but point of the story is they get sarah connor out of the hospital they go um and they they are on their way out of town time to come up with a plan 
That's right. And Sarah does have a plan because Sarah has spent the last 10 years of her life when she's not been, you know, behind uh, asylum bars. Uh, She has been waiting for this day. And so she goes out, they head south of the city because this took place, I think, in L.A. So they're heading Mm -hmm. towards the border. Um, She meets her friend in this really weird place. It looks it looks like a junkyard, but people live there. So um, it lo- I don't. It looks dusty. I don't know that. It's very dusty, and but there's like families that are there, and they uh, and she has a, a friend slash kind of business associate in the underground. His name is I think Enrique, and mm-hmm. she's like, "Hey, uh, dude, uh, I'm here. I, I need to get all my guns. I need one of your trucks." And the guy's like, "How about the fillings out of my teeth? Like, hello, how are you? Where?" And she's like, "I don't have time for this. Like, I need you to do this right now." And he's like, oh, oh, okay. Like at first he's very like jokey. And then she is very quick to be like, nope, we're, we, we're here and we mean business. And then they have a look at the Terminator who has taken a little bit of a beating, right? He's been all shot up in the back. Um, He's got these, this leather jacket that fit him beautifully, but it has tons of bullet holes in it it Mm -hmm. now. And um, we see a couple of really beautiful vignettes between John and the Terminator where they're talking about, um, you know, why, why do we continue to do this to each other? I mean, what, why does he, why does the human race just have to fight? You know, they're in like getting gas at a, at a gas station and the two kids are playing with very real looking pistols. And that's Mm -hmm. another thing. Uh, this was before, uh, play guns were like bright orange and didn't look anything like guns. So it was very off putting when I saw this as an adult, because I, it, it, the, the, Play guns yep. look like they're real, but you know, it's this bonding is happening uh, in a very deep, real way for John, who's never had a father mm-hmm. and the Terminator, right? Who yeah, has that's... no feelings really, he's not programmed to. That's right. Yeah. And that's one of the things that uh, Sarah says, because she's kind of observing this, right, as he's teaching, he's teaching the Terminator how to how to talk cool and, you know, how to, you know, give high fives and all this stuff. And and she's kind of watching her and she's like, you know, the this, this Terminator is, is a machine. It's been programmed. It'll it'll never hurt him. It'll never like stop protecting him. Um, and, you know, that's that's kind of neat. And I really like kind of, uh, you know, kind of those little like vignettes of of basically of of this this little boy john connor like teaching this machine you know what humanity um is like that's really great um the other really great thing you get in enrique's uh is arnold pulling this giant piece of plywood off this hole in the ground uh there's like ten thousand pounds of dust that rises up out of this that makes a super cool sound but that's where all the guns are uh that's where he gets like his minigun it's very like iconic uh looking for him for the terminator to be holding this he's like he's like what is this or how about this and john's like that's totally you and it is totally him so they they load up on guns they're getting this truck working uh but bad news sarah connor decides she needs to take things into her own hand she doesn't want to wait she doesn't want to get out of town she doesn't want to formulate a plan she wants to go and shoot miles dyson in the head yeah well she has a really bad dream so she'd been talking about these recurring nightmares and we finally get to see what she's seeing in this recurring nightmare. And I have to say, it's probably one of the most disturbing things I remember seeing when I saw Mm. this as a teenager. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's basically her thinking about her herself. um, And again, the timing's a little off, but she's thinking about herself and she can see 
the version of her from 1984, which looks nothing like, I mean, it's the 80s. So she's got like this crimped hair and she's in like a waitress outfit and she's mm-hmm. holding a little boy who's like two or three years old. And you assume that that's John and they're at a playground and they have, you know, the swing sets and the seesaws and the merry-go-round looking things. And she's watching all of these parents and kids and she's trying to, she's watching as herself in I guess, present day in 1991, um, the total, you know, bad Sarah Connor is like shaking the fence, trying to say, hey, something's happening. And then she actually sees the nuclear bomb go off, I guess, in the middle of Los Angeles. And you Mm -hmm. see all of this destruction and it can be really triggering for people. I found it incredibly hard to watch as a parent now. So we don't have to get into the details of it, but I will say the special effects are amazing. The way that they crafted that and made that look um, realistic with the modeling that they used was amazing. And I think it really stands up to the test of time. Well, yeah, for sure. For sure. Because, um, because yeah, we're seeing her, we're seeing her look at, through the fence and she's like yelling at these people to get out of there. You see the bomb go off and as it kind of sweeps through the city. Um, but it, it harkens back to the opening kind of title sequence as it's going through and it's playing that theme. You're just seeing all this playground equipment on fire. Um, and, and watching back, I don't know if I felt the same way when I was younger watching it, but watching it now, like, like it's, it's really unnerving to see just all that playground equipment on fire, but it's, it's almost like hypnotic in a way. <laughs> like, like it's, it's really kind of, kind of surreal feeling. And, you know, that's, I guess what she would have been looking at through that fence then um, in her vision. So it kind of harkens back to that. But like I said, she is off to take matters into her own hands. She says, if I go kill Miles Dyson, um, you know, yeah, obviously he's not going to be alive to to re uh, you know, to rework this thing and get the the right. Cyberdyne uh, machines back up and running. Uh, but John and the Terminator uh, get tipped off because they go over to where she was setting and she had scratched into the table uh, with the knife, no fate. And he's like, and John says, no fate, no fate, no fate. But what you make so he's like oh man she's gonna go kill miles dyson and that is exactly where she is that's right now miles dyson you said this before brian he seems like a really nice guy Mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. you know he's played by the amazing joe morton um he has got a wife and a son and he's at home he's doing some work in his really nice house in his really nice um office everything Mm -hmm, is glass mm -hmm. it's it's very very fancy and swanky for 1990. It looks amazing. And his son is like, hey, it's time for dinner, dad. Come in. And what you don't see is that um, Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor, she has got scopes on him. We can see like that she's aimed and, you know, he's he almost dies. <laughs> he almost gets shot in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, but his son's um kind of a remote control car hits him and he ends up jerking. And so the the computer that he was working on is toast. But then she breaks in. Um, she's shooting everything up. And he's like, "What? Are, who are you? He's, he's so taken aback because he has no idea who she is. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, gets him into the, into the living room. He's, he's been shot in the shoulder. Um, and he's like, you know, don't hurt my kids. Don't hurt my wife. Just take whatever you want. And she's trying, she's aiming for his face and she, and she's like, this is all your fault. And he is so amazing. Cause he's like, what, what is my fault? What is my fault? And she just can't do it. She just can't shoot him because of course his kid is like, don't hurt my daddy. The mm-hmm. wife who's played by the amazing F- S. Apatha Merkerson, Merkerson 
Mm-hmm. She's amazing. They're screaming. They're like, we love him. He didn't do, what have you, what do you mean? What did he do? What is his fault? And she kind of has a moment where she can't kill him, but she also can't forgive him because he's about to ruin the entire world, you know? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Uh, right about then, Sarah Connor is uh, kind of inconsolable, but uh, luckily John and the Terminator show up to uh, kind of talk her down from this and are like, it, it's okay, we'll we'll figure this out. And of of course, you know, Miles Dyson and his family are like, have no idea what's going on. Um, and John just says, show him any hands Terminator uh, knife. Uh, they send the little kid out of the room, uh, which is probably good. Um, and then probably the grossest part of the of the whole movie for me, at least, is just you see Arnold Schwarzenegger just uh, cutting like this ring around his arm um and up through like the wrist and he just rips like the skin off of his arm and there he is with that hand the same one that uh, miles dyson has been studying at work and he's like oh oh god what have i what have i done what am i going to do uh we need to we need to work this out and much to miles dyson's credit uh he says oh, i can't do that um but you know if i if i quit they're just gonna they'll hire someone else to go you know, do my work. They'll just, they'll keep going. You know, it doesn't matter if I'm, I'm there or not, you know, it doesn't have to be me. It could be, it could be anyone doing this. What we need to do, we need to go to Cyberdyne. We need to grab those things and destroy them. Um, and they think that's going to be a pretty good idea. So they have a car full of guns. They get in to uh, the office there. Um, he checks them in. Uh, but bad news is that the news has figured out, or I guess the, the people there, the security and the police have figured out uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator and Sarah Connor have uh, escaped from this insane asylum. They're out. Uh, they're presumed to be heavily armed, which they are, um, and very violent, uh, which they probably uh, could be. Um, and they're in the Cyberdyne office. So the police uh, converge on this. The T-1000 converge on this. Um, and they're there to basically uh, destroy this place and destroy these items. Yeah. Yeah, and this, I loved, uh, I don't know if you saw, because you're a big fan of this movie, um, but there have been a lot of making of Terminator 2 documentaries, and mm-hmm. um, the, you know, the, the industrial, the special effects studio, Industrial Light and Magic, uh, was part of this, and you can really tell in this kind of part of the film, they really do blow up uh, an entire floor of a building. They, mm-hmm. you know, they have this scene where Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to go out with his machine gun and like face all these cops, and they can't do that even with blanks. Uh, not only is it dangerous, but like the blank, the blank cartridges, there were going to be so many shots fired at him that it would be, it wouldn't be safe. And so they actually made like a whole Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of bust of Mm -hmm. him. Um, And the way that they filmed that was so cool because knowing that it's um, knowing the special effects behind it, you still didn't notice a difference between uh, the real Arnold Schwarzenegger and wherever the fake one was uh, Mm -hmm. in this particular scene where he's going down this hallway and they're shooting him and he's shooting back. And um, he's using this really cool short gun grenade launcher. It is amazing. I'm glad that we don't have this on the streets because that would be one (laughs) more thing to be terrified of. It Um, makes a cool sound. But it makes a cool sound. It does really well. And again, he's made a promise. He's not going to kill anybody unless he really has to. So he goes out, he shoots up all the cars, he shoots up all of the trucks and all of like the SWAT team vans, except for one. And um, he's like, he goes in, of course, his little T-1000, or sorry, T-800 uh, Terminator uh, visual aid inside his brain says, mm-hmm. you know, looks and tries to find any heartbeats and is like, nope, you you have zero casualties, you have not killed anyone. <laughs> and 
yeah, it, so they, uh, so no casualties, but bad news, like I said, the T-1000, uh, our bad Terminator is there. He is on scene and they need to get out of there. They have stolen the uh, the Cyberdyne hand and they have s- stolen the chip. They're going to get out of there. Uh, Miles Dyson, unfortunately, as the SWAT team comes in, he gets shot. Um, it's uh, kind of one of the most like like wrenching things is because he's holding the detonator for this bomb and you just see like his his breathing getting like like quicker and quicker and quicker as as he's, you know, losing his life and he he drops kind of this detonator onto the switch and the the building explodes um you know just as our our heroes have gotten out of there um and joe morton is so awesome as miles dyson uh totally the unsung hero of this i love him so much and every once in a while he'll pop up in something i'm watching and i'm like hey it's miles dyson from terminator 2 love that guy so uh so he's pretty great but they are trying to get out of there they need to go destroy these things uh but bad news is they are in this slow moving little pickup truck kind of a thing uh t1000 he's in like the the, the big like he's in a helicopter because he jumps out and steals the helicopter from this guy the helicopter is flying in behind uh knowing james cameron of course that is like a real helicopter really flying down the street really chasing down this little truck um it explodes of course there's tons of explosions uh but basically the the sum of this is they get to this big factory it has sort of the like this uh liquid smelt but we get probably the coolest effect this was the one well, not really. There are a lot of really cool effects, but this is one of the coolest ones because they go and one of the trucks that crashed was full of liquid nitrogen. And what does that do? That freezes T-1000. That's bad. That's bad. And it looks creepy when he freezes. But Arnold, he has that cool gun you were talking about. <laughs> he sure does. And it like blows him up into a million little pieces of metal. It's very cool looking. Again, um, you know, this, the thing about the Terminators is they don't feel any pain and they don't, they're, they're very binary, right? It's ones and zeros with them. So it's, mm-hmm. it's like, we're going to go and he's, and he's keep, he, the T-1000 keeps walking, even though he doesn't even have any more feet because they've been frozen off. I mean, he's still trying to go and, and, and run after these folks until he's ex- Exploded into a bunch of different pieces but the problem is is that they're in this steel mill now um they've somehow crashed into a steel area um all the workers have left um they sound the alarm but they're you know they were in the middle of working and this lava out overflow from one of these kind of areas where they're making steel yeah. kind of comes out um and you get this really hot flow of of i guess steel i don't know what it is whatever that <laughs> molten steel like, I'm, yeah. I'm not a scientist but you know yeah, it's like, whatever it's, like the, it's real it's hot like the, there <laughs> that's right it's like the it's like the smelting stuff but yeah it's yeah. warm enough it it basically uh, thaws out the t1000 and you just see him kind of liquefy comes back together uh poof pops out good as new no harm done to him so then you get kind of the knockout drag out and it looks real bad uh arnold gets his arms stuck in this thing uh he gets his head smashed in uh which is why it won the, for the best visual effects in the makeup department because you'll get Arnold Schwarzenegger and half of his head is the inside of this, uh, you know, this steel uh, robot head that we saw at the beginning of of the film. And it looks amazing. He like rips his arm off so he can keep going. Because like you said, Michaela, they don't feel pain. They have his objective was to protect John Connor and he doesn't care if he has to cut off his own arm. That is exactly what he's going to do. Uh, Sarah Connor almost gets uh, one up on the T-1000, but she runs out of bullets uh, just in the nick of time. But luckily, uh, Arnold has one more bullet left. He gets pulled up this conveyor belt. Uh, He shoots that little grenade thing into him. Uh, T-1000 explodes. I mean, that doesn't kill him, but the fall into the, uh, the iron smelt, that does. 
That certainly does. And this, what an amazing visual masterpiece this part is, right? Because not only is he like super maimed and really grotesque and mm -hmm. it's all, it's all silver. So there's no blood, but it's still real gross. And then he falls backwards and splashes this smelt everywhere. And then he, you know, obviously the T-1000 is trying to uh, deflect this and somehow survive and he can't he can't reach out because he it's a really big kind of pool and so what does he do I, I guess scientifically it makes sense he's trying to turn into something that w won't hurt and so he turns into all of the people that he um uh, imitated yeah, that he's over the yeah. course mm -hmm. and so he, for a little while he is a cop for a little while he's the security guard at the insane asylum uh then he is um John's uh, foster mom, then I mean, he's a couple of other characters, and then finally, like this um, liquid metal just kind of becomes, you know, more and more like just a mask, and then it ends up like droppling and kind of settling on the surface of mm -hmm. the top of the smelt and it looks a little bit like our shot glass because of the crystallized <laughs> of the crystallized uh coconut that we've got at the top right that's right yeah absolutely there you go there you go absolutely um so so job done there uh john throws the little little chip and the little uh hand um also into the smelt so they they melt uh victory right uh but bad news um terminator uh, two can't leave you alone without without not making you sad making you cry uh because uh arnold the good terminator uh says uh, there's one more chip and he points to his head uh you know it's too dangerous to leave him alive in case you know uh something happens to him and he gets and of course it's very heartbreaking because uh john had grown very attached to him um he was very protective of john it was very sad sarah's uh watching this too and it, it's very emotional um and it's even more emotional because uh terminator says i can't self-destruct so uh um, he kind of hands the controls over to Sarah Connor, who uh, lowers him down into into the smelt thing that basically does. And, uh, you know, Arnold, he gives this little thumbs up. One of the things that John uh, had taught him uh, throughout the film, uh, you know, to show that everything everything was cool. Everything was OK. Um, and kind of get that one last little image. And uh, yeah, uh, problem problem solved. But it, it's real sad. It's it's sad. You don't expect to be sad in this big action adventure uh, R-rated thing with Arnold Schwarzenegger you expect there to be explosions and guns that make cool sounds and stuff like that but you don't you don't expect to be sad at the end right yeah and you are uh you're kind of heartbroken and you're also filled with this inexplicable hope because the very last scene uh again we did a spoiler warning so you can't be mad at us now um but the very, very last scene is of a highway at night and you see it's an American highway at night and you see the road markings of the middle of the road, which is kind of yellow. And um, and basically there's an over uh, voiceover of Sarah Connor saying, you know, if if a Terminator can learn the value of human life, maybe we can, too. And mm -hmm. it makes you think about you know, how small and great of a sacrifice it is because, again, he's a robot. He doesn't have emotions. For him, it was very black and white. But you also know that it did pain him because he took the time to do the thumbs up and to tell, you know, to try and help mm -hmm. John make peace with it um, because he's already traumatized enough, this poor kid. I mean, trying to make yeah. sense of it and make it as good for him as possible so he can continue to live his life. And now, you know, he can do that with the idea that, you know, hey, maybe Judgment Day isn't going to happen. Um, 
maybe he can actually live a, a quote unquote normal life with the 3 billion other people uh, that don't, that don't die. Um, so mm-hmm. it's really, really a neat end, lots of layers on this. And I think that that's one of the reasons why it, it, it did so well. And it's still regarded as one of the best, if not the best sequels of all time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, this one, this one is uh, Robel, real well uh beloved it was real advanced when it came out so um we mentioned a couple of these but this did win four academy awards it won for uh best sound best sound effects editing best visual effects and best makeup and it's very easy to see why it won all of those um it lost two others cinematography and film editing and i'm okay with that because because really when you kind of look at what this what this movie achieved i mean obviously the the story is great and the acting and the characters um are are very great um especially i think arnold schwarzenegger is highly underrated um, in terms of his acting abilities. And a lot of it shows here because, you know, following up on the Terminator, I think he has said like 26 words and, and that whole film uh, of that. And, you know, this, he's, he's playing this whole character and, you know, he is, he, he does a really good job of, of being this machine that also makes you, you know, quite question the way that you think about things and stuff. So, so it does uh, a very excellent, but, but the the highlight of this, and same with a lot of other James Cameron's work, is this really pushed the envelope on what you could do. Um, I, it was all people could talk about. It was the buzz of the town when kind of that trailer came out, and you saw Robert Patrick walking through those uh, prison doors. Uh, he just went right through it, and you know, at the time, 1991, that was insane. You know, of course, we see stuff like that all the time now, but you know, this was the first time that it was done, and it blew people away. Yeah, it absolutely did. I mean, I and I think watching it now, it it does stand the test of time. I mean, even some of the uh, visualizations that now would be solved with CGI um, and we don't we wouldn't think anything of it uh, in Mm -hmm. any other film. We're still blown away by it now. And it was 30 years ago. I mean, um, I think when the visualizations of it in and of itself stand up, but the story is so much deeper than just hey it's a you know it's a science fiction kind of thriller um a bat there's a, there's someone out to get another person you know it's it's so much more about parenting and friendship and um you know where where do the robots end and we begin because i mean a big piece of this was that uh, you know they use these chips the computer chip and the the arm to further you know create an army and employ you know create a better defense system around Mm -hmm. the world so that we wouldn't have to fight anymore and we'd have um, a much better like defense system and so you know even the character of um dyson who was like i i didn't mean for any of this to happen i was i'm a good person but i'm i'm a cog in a wheel that Mm -hmm. you know ends up going incredibly bad um it is interesting because even to the very end he just wanted to do the right thing he was just um i mean it it, yeah so many layers of this that's (laughs) there's 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 a lot of layers and yeah this is an an action adventure film but in a lot of ways it is uh more akin to a horror film so if you read lists of like the top um like movie villains of all time uh robert patrick's t1000 is a lot of times pretty high up on that list um and and what and watching it back i 
a the the t-1000 is very similar in a lot of ways to like michael myers from halloween because you can't kill him and it's never going to stop like it's never going to stop running after you you can't do anything um about it like you'd mentioned michaela even when he freezes and his like knees and legs are like busting off like he's still crawling after you and you know you you think you've killed him you think you've left him in the dust but no because it's it's just never going to stop uh chasing you and uh robert patrick is, is excellent in this as as everyone else is i'd mentioned so uh the year is 1991 michaela we would have been i don't know uh we both would have been nine i think when this came out because i think it came out on july the third um so i i didn't see this at the movie theater this is rated r um i actually on a side note i think if this came out today i don't think it would be rated r i think it would probably be rated pg-13 because i don't think that it is like so so violent um there's there's some there's some stabby bits but but really i in in terms of of violence i don't think it's that much because it must not have been because my parents let me see it not at the movie theater uh but later i'm guessing that my brother and dad probably saw it and maybe my dad gave like my mom the green light that it was okay because uh this was a movie that i had on vhs probably when i was like 12 or 13 and i love this movie i watched it over and over and over again um and it very quickly became my second favorite movie of all time so we were just running through all my favorite movies but michaela do you remember seeing this for the first time I do. Um, it was also not in the theater because I was not allowed. Um, uh, but I do remember being able to watch it with my dad. Um, so he had let me watch, he let me watch the first Terminator. And so this was, it was kind of a, a dual, uh, movie night or whatever. So I saw the first mm -hmm. one, first one rated R definitely rated R there's, uh, some, love in that one this one is not so much there's not so much any of that but there's it's it's violent um i think it's interesting that you say that it probably would be pg-13 now probably would be but for whatever reason my son who loves watching movies with me um mm -hmm. for the podcast right and i love to show him scenes even if it's a movie that he can't watch i absolutely was like you're not watching this um yeah. you know i was like absolutely not but the more i think about it i mean you're right it probably would have i still think it's not appropriate for a seven-year-old let me be clear but i i think you're right i think it probably would have done uh been a pg-13 because he didn't the, he doesn't kill people very often like there's not a lot of people that die and it's mm -hmm. not super gory um but i do remember the first time i saw this and i i remember just crying and crying at the end of terminator 2 um i was really sad and i i was really um terrified of like could we have liquid metal uh things could that be a thing that happens um you know like five years after this nanotechnology became kind of a, mm -hmm. a household mm -hmm. word a lot of people didn't know what it was but people were talking about it and i was like oh my gosh it's the beginning <laughs> it's the beginning of skynet we're all gonna die um yeah no but that's i i liked it a lot it's probably it's probably my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger film um, of of the ones that I've seen that he's done mm -hmm. uh, for sure. And I, I haven't seen this in a long time. And so I was really glad uh, while we were going down your, your list of favorite films that we were able to do it um, this year uh, yeah. because I have not seen it in a really long time. And I, I really, it was nice. It was like visiting a, an old friend. It was, it's really good and it really does sit up well. So 
Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. And that's uh that's two weeks in a row where we had uh, uh kind of a young kid getting taught lessons and a tearful, tearful goodbye. Obviously, uh ET and Terminator 2 are are much different films, but kind of those those same themes still kind of kind of run through it. And I think maybe that's really what uh makes Terminator 2 special and maybe why I was so attached to it as a as a youngster myself. So uh let us know out there what you remember about Terminator 2. Um let us know if you think the T-1000 is a scary villain. Uh, let us know how awesome you think Sarah Connor is because she is a boss when she's uh, doing pull-ups in her room at the Pescadero uh, Mental Institution. So let us know all that. Let us know if you make a liquid metal shot or if you come up with a good variant that I might like better than the uh, coconut rum version. Uh, let us know and send us pictures because they're sparkly and metally and cool looking. Uh, and you can do that on our Instagram and Twitter. It's at drinkthemovies and on facebook.com slash drinkthemovies. Um, if you want to see the pictures of the ones that we made, get episode recap all that kind of fun stuff uh, you can do that on our website which is www.drinkthemovies.com and you're going to want to stay close to the uh, social medias and the website because we might have something uh, pretty cool in the works uh, here coming up in the next uh, couple of months so keep an eye uh, for that that is a teaser a teaser trailer as they call it in the in the movie industry Michaela but you know while people are uh, you know they're on their computers they're checking out all that stuff what else should they be doing um you should be leaving us a five-star review that's what you should be doing. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and let me tell you where to do that. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere where Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Um, we have now, I think for the third week in a row, made it to the top 100 for good pods. Mm -hmm. um, that is amazing. What is happening? That is awesome. Uh, so if you're watching it on Good Pods, thanks so much. Keep doing it. Uh, leaving us a five-star review really helps us build this community. Um, it, we get a lot more um, people that look at it and listen to it. And we really are excited to build this community that bridges bridges us between cocktails and films and all things uh, of that nature. And so uh, we would really appreciate it because it really helps get drink movies out there. Yeah, absolutely. But for now, Michaela, I think I'm well, I'm definitely done with these shots, but I'm not done with Terminator 2. So I'm going to take a, a quick break and then I'm going to come back and watch it again, you know, just like I did when I was 12 or 13, because there was never a long time in between watching this film. So I'm going to go do that. Uh, you come up with a uh, hopefully a less coconutty uh, cocktail for next week. And we'll talk to everyone next time on Drink, Drink the, movies. the Movies. Hasta la vista, baby. I now know why you cry but it's something I could never do.